respect for the running back. BYU sophomore Lopini Katoa on the Doak Walker Award watch list. Are you buying in on his potential? And in honor of the Lion King remake coming out today, which past BYU game would you make into a movie? Plus, former basketball head coach Dave Rose returns to Studio B with his coaching philosophy for the basketball tournament. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Lauren McClain. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, July 18th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with acclaimed Mark Pope film critic. Lauren McLean. Mark Pope could have his own film. Easily. Guy can rap. Guy can act. Yes, he could we be in the next Hamilton. We think he can coach. We, we don't know. We no, will he, find out. He totally, we do know. He was at UVU. He was phenomenal. But I really do, would lo- I would love to see a Mark Pope movie. He was already a star of Between the Lines with uh, true. Lauren McLean. Also, he filmed a commercial with us here in... Well, PCR2. For those of you that don't know what PCR means, it's production control room. And uh, we had the opportunity to work with him yesterday and shoot a commercial that you will see shortly therefore. And, and guess what? After it was over, he didn't disappoint again. Watch this. All right, just shooting commercial about the BYU and Karma. What do you think? Um, I think it's real, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what this guy thinks. What do you think? I thought you guys were good. I thought I was spectacular, <laughs> stupendous, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> just keep going mark oh, why man. not confidence goes a long way spectacular i was spectacular hey, hey don't shy away from telling us how you really feel <laughs> about your acting abilities stay tuned for that commercial coming up uh, in just a few months i have a loaded show lineup we only do this when lauren's here because well lauren's lauren right That's so right. We, we've got to ramp it up dave rose former BYU basketball head coach sean what life is like right now and what kind of role does he take on now as a consultant for BYU basketball, or does he completely separate? We're going to get into all that. Plus, just the stats for the BYU tight ends, arguably the most hyped position group of any on the BYU football team. And Kennedy Eschenberg, fresh off her world travels with uh, the U.S. women's volleyball team playing at the collegiate level in the World University Games. And for Love everyone... Her. Around the globe, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Lopini Katoa, don't call him Zach or do whatever, was named to the Doak Walker Award watch list, an award presented to the nation's top running back. Katoa led BYU in rushing and rushing touchdowns in his freshman season. BYU opponents Ty Chandler of Tennessee, Vavai Malapiai of USC, and Bryant Kobach of Toledo also make the list. Not on the list. Zach Moss of Utah, which I think is a gross oversight. He ran for 1,100 yards last year. Crazy. Anyway, the Bolitnikoff Award watch list for receivers will be announced today. Stay tuned for that. I like to pretend like I'm sad about that. Heather Knighting and the U.S. Women's Junior National Team lost to Poland 3-0 last night during the second round of the FIVB Women's under 20 world championship nighting had five kills on 12 attacks three blocks and an ace for nine points team usa will face turkey tonight at 6 30 p.m eastern time tony Finau, honorary cougar teeing off at the open championship across the pond this morning he is currently tied for 20th 
one under through seven holes. Finau recently broke a slump after missing three straight tournament cuts. He went 13 under par at the 3M Open in Minneapolis. Tony, despite his struggles, still in the top 20 in the FedEx Cup standings at number 17 on the PGA Tour. Brennan Lund went two for four for the Salt Lake Bees in an 8-5 loss to the Sacramento Rivercats. Lund is currently batting 269 for the season. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We just told you about Lopini Katoa on the Doak Walker Award watch list. Here's a guy that ran for 450-ish yards last year, was a little bit injured and banged up, transferred from Oregon State. He is a Power 5 running back. Take that for what you will if you put a lot of stock into that. But what kind of impact do you expect a guy who was on the Doak Walker Award watch list preseason for BYU when we not, we're not even sure who the starter's going to be? Lauren, what do you think? Right. I, I don't think being on the watch list is that big of a deal as of, with all the watch lists. You know, I think it's awesome for him you know, to be recognized. I don't think it's a big deal in the scheme of things. But as far as Lupin and Katoa goes, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do this season. We have to remember he was the scout team MVP his redshirt freshman season. Fred Warner and the other starting de- defense wanted him to start. Well documented, yep. Wanted him to start because he was that good that season. Last year he rushed for a team high 423 yards. Ooh, not that many. He was just 11 more yards than uh, Squally Canada. So we got to see a little bit of what he can do. But I feel like we have not seen Lopini's full potential. That When we have seen him, he was still young and a little inexperienced. Uh, but he showed signs of being really, really good. We have a bunch of other running backs coming in. I wish I shouldn't say a bunch. We have, you know, the, the transfers, Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Asupa. Then we have Kafika, Kavika Fonua, who's back healthy. Tyler Algier did great in spring ball. So how much are we going to see Lopini Katoa? I don't know. I think because he was the leading rusher last year and we have seen what he could do, I feel like uh, he, he will get the start. And he'll he'll get a shot, and I I think he has potential. I love seeing the Twitter videos of him, you know, working out. He looks quick. He has a little, you know, his little head shift. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. That he does in all his videos. Absolutely love. It. I I think it'll be fun to see what he can do. He's twitchy. He's he is shifty. Twitchy. I do think that Lopini Katoa will break a trend that has shown up, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Six of the last eight BYU players who found themselves on the preseason Doak Walker Award watch list, ended up not leading the team in rushing that season. The two that did, J.J. Luigi in 2011 and Jamal Williams in 2014. J.J., he was fun to watch. So, typically, what we're saying is you can't put a lot of stock in this award watch list. When it comes to BYU or any school, for that matter, outside of the top 10 elite level running backs across the country. But when they're leaving a guy like Zach Moss of Utah off the list, I mean, I don't know. What kind of watch list is this? You tell me. Like, should should we put a lot of stock into this thing? The point is, I actually think that Lopini Katoa, being on this preseason award watch list, will end up leading BYU in rushing yards this season. I don't know how many. And I think people are... Not wanting to, in general, speaking of BYU fans and critics, to see the Cougars go with a running back by committee approach. But I don't know if there's any way around it this year. Hmm. With Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa both transferring in, joining Lopini Katoa, I, I don't see one guy like being the guy and then everybody else. So for Lopini, specifically, I think he's underhyped. 
I th- I don't think that we credit him enough. I think he is a really good player. His work ethic is better than most. Different kind of animal mentally. He likes hard things. I mean, what kind of people like hard stuff and right. like practice? Like he enjoys that. I think he can be the speed and the shifty. I think Tyson Williams is the power and your traditional. I dare you to tackle me running back. Why not have a two-headed monster? I don't know. I, I'm okay with that. I think they will be the two, and I think Lopini is actually going to lead BYU in rushing when all said and done this season. I hope he does. He deserves it. Like you said, he's a really hard worker, and and uh, we'll see what happens. Stay healthy. Stay healthy, Lopini. That's Speaking of BYU football, BYU is one of nine teams that doesn't have an opponent coming off a bye. So, Spencer, how much of an advantage is it to not have any opponents coming off of a bye week for BYU? Now, this is a tricky one because you have to look at historical trends. And in independence, BYU facing teams that are coming off a bye, specifically under Kalani Satake, has not been a good scenario. Think about Utah State. I don't know what happened with the schedule, but it felt like every year that BYU played Utah State and lost to Utah State, the Aggies were coming off of a bye week and BYU was on a short week or something like that. And I didn't pay it a ton of attention. I was like, ah, now just show up to play. It's a rivalry game. It's right. not going to be that big of a deal. I think there might be something to it. I think that there might be something to this. So I will take any perceived advantage that I can get for BYU, given some of the heartbreak they've had in the past and the struggles I've had specifically against rivals and in-state opponents that are benefiting from this. So yeah, it's an advantage. I don't know how to quantify it, though. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, does it mean one less loss right. this season? Maybe. So, yeah, oh, great. You want to quantify it? I'll say, okay, because BYU is not facing a team that's coming off of a bye, they'll have one less loss than they would on average per season in independence. Right. Is that fair? I don't know. Well, let, let me throw this at you. Kalani Satake is 4-8 and eight when opponents have more than a week to prepare. Like so, I said. So that's not just bye weeks. That's just, it can be, you know, if they Nine a Thursday days, game. Eight exactly. days, okay. But more than 4-8. I mean, that's not great. So obviously okay. there is an advantage for opponents, you know, coming off a of bye week coming in. Kalani, just for the record, is also 3-2 and two coming off a of bye week himself. Utah State, as well for me, Spencer, was the first thing that popped in my head. BYU was coming off of that really tough Washington game. And then they have Utah State coming in, who had two weeks to prepare for them. Utah State hates BYU, was going to do anything to beat them. BYU was banged up. It just was not a good scenario. So, I don't know. It, I, to me, it depends on the team, whether it's an advantage or not. Some teams are lazy. You know, some teams are like, oh, we get some time off. And then they come in and they're not fresh. But for a lot of teams, their injured players get healthy. Sure. They're more motivated. They can focus just on that one team for two weeks. So to me, it depends on the team. But I think this is a good thing for BYU. Sure. And there's a lot that goes into the emotions that play into the game that BYU played the week before compared to a team yeah. that they're facing off of a bye week. You, right. brought, you brought up Washington. BYU got blown out. They fell out of the rankings. 35-7. Utah State, meanwhile, is starting to gain traction. And this, I mean, last year's Utah State team might be the best they've ever had. Oh, for sure. So, I think so. Yeah, it manifested itself in a number of ways emotionally. If BYU plays better against Washington, and uh, then maybe things are different. Right. I don't know. I know there are a lot of moving parts there, right. but I think it is an advantage. I just think we're not sure how to quantify how much of an advantage that Agreed. is. Agreed. All right, finally on to topic three. Maybe you've heard The Lion King is <laughs> being remade. With this new trend of movies that are going from fully animated to let's make it more real life, which brought us Will Smith as the genie in Aladdin. 
Uh, say what you will. It made a lot of money. It made a lot of money. That's what they're about. Early critics <laughs> on The Lion King are apparently not buying in, but it's being remade and everybody loves Disney. So in honor of The Lion King, we're not here to critique the film per se, <laughs> but we like the idea of remaking things. So if you could remake a BYU game into a movie, knowing what you know about the history and the tradition of BYU sports, which past BYU game would you make into a movie? Spencer, a couple came to mind. So for me, I'm going to go Jimmer versus San Diego State in 2011. Okay, why is that? You notice I don't say BYU versus San Diego State. Uh, Jimmer. (laughs) Jimmer. That's the name of the movie, Jimmer. Kawhi Leonard. So BYU ranked number nine in the country. Uh San Diego State ranked number four. Kawhi Leonard, you guys. How cool is that? Looking back hindsight. Comes in to the Marriott Center. And that is where Jimmer mania began. It was insane. So I was down on the court. I remember pregame, I was a, a student reporter. I was feeding balls to San Diego State. And in my mind, I'm like, they don't have a shot. BYU is going to get destroyed. There's like these big old guys. Oh, yeah. They just looked extremely athletic. And then here comes little Jimmer and just just trumps over him. Lights it just it up. was awesome. It was the beginning of Jimmer mania. The, then the crowd just, and it was all oh, absolutely packed in the Marriott Center. I've never seen the Marriott Center like that. They all rush the court. Jimmer has to be put on the little podium so no one touches him. No, everybody wanted to touch Everyone Jimmer. Everyone wanted to touch him. It was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird. But, but it was very movie-esque. It was absolutely incredible. Number two for me, the classic, the cliche, Vecta Harleen. Okay. Vecta yeah. Harleen! Yeah. How can you not do that? The See, ri- it was the rivalry, BYU ring number 21. My brother-in-law, Colt Sampson, was actually on playing for Utah. He was the tight end, scored a couple touchdowns. Hey, Colt, Shut you up, lost Colt. that day. He did lose. He, I mean, he scored. He was happy. But, you uh, lost. But they did lose. And so, oh, man, <laughs> that, that could easily be made a movie. BYU comes from behind, gets the rivalry win. Classic. Oh, Love incredible. It. Now, the only reason I didn't pick that game specifically is because I'm not sure I can relive it any better than I did in the moment. Because I was on the sideline you and, and 10 yards away from where Johnny Harleen caught the game-winning <laughs> touchdown pass. And just kept saying, I didn't even know what was happening. Like, it was an out-of-body experience. I, I was like, this can't be real. There's got to be a flag on the field. Oh my gosh! It was real. That really happened. So you should I, want that to be a movie because someone you could pick like Brad Pitt or someone to play you oh, on the sidelines. Well, it's not. It's not about me. I, I, I wouldn't be starring. Be. In, I wouldn't be starring in this movie. So I didn't pick that one because I don't think I can. I can't get any better in my mind than it already is. Now, what I can pick is what I think is one of the most dramatic games in BYU history, and that is 2015 against Nebraska. There are so many oh, layers yeah. to this game. One. Nebraska had won 41 straight non-conference home games. BYU comes back with Taysom Hill after his injury. It's his first start. They start rolling a little bit. They're leading Nebraska. Everyone's feeling great. Then Taysom Hill breaks his foot, comes back into the game, plays on the broken foot, knowing his season is over, only to give up to Tanner Mangum the reins, and then he completes the Mangum miracle. At Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, the emotions after the game with Mitch Matthews and Taysom Hill crying inside BYU football, profiling that. Like, that game was unbelievably emotional and taxing. Yeah, you're right. Oh. I just got the chills you describing it. It was like... It was insane. If you've seen the series Friday Night Lights, one of my favorites, the first episode 
the pilot episode of that series that came out on NBC, I think like a decade ago, maybe a little more than that. It's kind of like this game. I'm not going to be a spoiler here if you haven't, (laughs) but it's super emotional with the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback and late game heroics. I was like, this is. It is. Friday Night Lights. It's real. This is Friday Night Lights in Nebraska. That's a great point. I never thought about that. Now, my second would be the traditional comeback incredible story, the 1980 Miracle Bowl. Like, you can't. So good. You can't. But I, I more want that to be a documentary. (laughs) <laughs> I, I want Jim McMahon to be the lead voice of that uh-huh. documentary. Like, just incredible stuff. Okay, we want to hear your opinions. In honor of the Lion King remake, which BYU game would you make into a movie? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. I knew this response was coming at Jack underscore Zumwalt 14 on Instagram. BYU against... Miami in 1990, the number one team in the country. I never got to watch it live, but I watched highlights, and that would for sure be probably the best game to make a movie of. Hashtag BYUSN. Ty Detmer mania. That, that so one, Jim mania, Ty Detmer the Ty Heisman. Ty Detmer mania yes. right no, that, after that, that game. That was Ty's coming out party, if mm-hmm. you will. Just like Jimmer against San Diego State in that top 10 showdown. Like, that game propelled Jimmer to the National Player of the Year, and BYU and Ty Detmer beating Miami propelled Ty to winning the Heisman Trophy. It's true. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh I love Ty Detmer. There, there, there are plenty of options. Hashtag BYU and send them in. Okay, coming up, what do we got? All right, coming up, it's our segment, Just the Stats, talking about the impact of BYU's tight ends. Now, I'm buying in the hype uh, of Matt Bushman and Moroni Lalaputa Town <laughs> Company. Plus, Dave Rose former head basketball coach at BYU. What's his coaching philosophy for the basketball tournament? How does he expect to work with Jimmer in that? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, it's the Age Challenge, as oh if you haven't seen it enough. But it's BYU style. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, on YouTube with Kiki Solano. I'm already over the Face app, and apparently there are like some privacy issues happening now. Like, well, the, it's like a Russia-owned uh, app. Uh, but listen, I ain't got, I don't have anything to hide. I'm like, Russia can have my photos. I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> You're a brave soul, Lauren. <laughs> Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Lauren McLean. I am Spencer Linton. We now happily welcome back into Studio B yes. former BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose. Dave, how Good morning. are you, man? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Oh, I'm lucky with the age app because I'm already old. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't make this thing Listen, much right older. now you look way better than any of us <laughs> using that face app. It's, it's, yeah. it's bad. It's yeah, really I, bad. You know, it's funny. I, I've seen a lot of the NBA players, you know, that they've done, and <laughs> it's sad. You know? I mean, t- t- 20 years from now, we're going to have a sad life. <laughs> Looking at all these stars that just yes. look haggard. They look terrible. Just beat down. Do you oh think, like, why do you want to look old? Why is this a thing yeah. right now? Why are we all yeah. trying to that's, look old? That's older? exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> it is true so that lucky. all the young kids want to grow up so fast, so maybe that's the deal. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Well, if we could all be so lucky. To be like Dave Rose. Dave Rose. Oh, yeah. You look great. Yeah, I feel great. Things are good. Right? You look 29. 29. That's what I'd say. After yeah. retirement, you just Well, that's good. You look great. I got a lot, a lot to do, so uh, <laughs> good. You know, we're... Uh, Cheryl and I are, are really in, kind of enjoying the, the, and not so much relaxation because we've been so busy and we've got things to do and we're going places. But it's just, uh, it's just a different, uh, different way, and we we get to do so many things together. And 
Uh, we've traveled, and you know she's she's down right now. She had her hip replaced about uh, four weeks ago, so we're we're looking forward to that getting healed and getting her back going again. But had a chance to go to my daughter's, I mean my granddaughter's swim meet yesterday. The state uh, long course championships and her relay team set a new state record. Yeah, hey, so that's awesome. that was pretty cool. You know, it's it's interesting because my whole life games have been a couple hours. Uh-huh. Swim meets are like a couple minutes, but they last for hours, you know, because she <laughs> swims in so many events. And then if you miss it, you know, it's it, the thing Sorry. takes two, you know, a minute and a half, and then you go, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but it's, those are pretty intense, uh, especially when they get to these, these championships. All these girls are all fighting for uh, new personal records, and they're fighting for, you know, uh, a place at sectionals or super sectionals mm-hmm. or all these or, things that I've learned about in the last uh, three months. <laughs> now, a, cu- a couple of things. Yeah, One, let's give some BOA Sports Nation karma to Cheryl. To Cheryl, to yes. Love quick. Let's go. Yeah, okay. that, yeah. Let's let's make that happen. Three-banger? Yeah. One, yeah. two, three. Right. Yes, I love it. She's okay. a good one. Now, your coaching philosophy obviously dominated your emotions, and you had to approach games a certain way. And how do you do things as a fan when you're watching your granddaughter or family members? How, how does that compare to what you feel as a coach? You know, it, it's easier to watch my grandkids than it is to watch one, to, to watch my own kids because I was the one, and Cheryl, we were the ones that had to deal with all the drama and all the emotion in the win or the loss with your kids. Now you can just watch your grandkids and be really stoked. If it doesn't work out too much, hey, just go see your parents. <laughs> You know, and if it's if it's you know like yesterday when they set the record, man, I was right in the middle of that thing. Yeah, it's 2011 since anyone swam this fast. Yeah, ready to go, girls. I was right in the middle of that. But if it's not that good, hey, hey, you, hey, you guys, you guys handle it. Let your parents handle all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, you've earned that. You've, yeah. you've earned that, right? Cool. And it's so great to have you here. Thank you in the studio. I was thinking I'd get stuck with Jerem, but. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question for Cougar Nation now that Jerem's not here. Oh, okay. okay. Wow, all right. Because you guys are asking a question every day, some silly question about the WCC and the Pac-12. <laughs> Which we're going to ask you. All, all, no, the, no. all the nonsense that you always love to, to create. So my, <laughs> my question for Cougar Nation is, Sports Nation better when Jerem's here or when <laughs> – He's not here. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's dangerous. No, that's awesome. That's dangerous. Let's come on. Let's get some response to that. Because <laughs> I think you're terrific. I think oh, you should Dave. take the chair. I, I have a feeling that somebody will tweet Dave. in some type of response. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that will definitely get a response. And well, I'll always have this in my pocket with Jeremy. We got his head shaved. <laughs> yes, you did. We got that dude's head shaved. He, and he, ch- and, he challenged you yes. and your team. Yes, he did. And it looked terrible, Dave. That probably gave you a lot of stuff. <laughs> and the Clippers were awful. It took like three pairs. <laughs> yeah. oh, Those are good so old good. days. Hey, yeah. Speaking of that Twitter question, though, I want to ask you this. So our Twitter question today is, in honor of the Lion King remake, which comes out today, which past BOU game would you want to make into a movie? Whoa, you're talking basketball games? Yeah. You know, I, I, there's a couple games that really stand out to me. Um, the Jimmer game here at San Diego State, you know, nice. it was an awesome game. But I can't really remember – we're so in the grind. I can't really remember everything that went into that. So the movie might be hard to get all the details right. <laughs> uh, the win against Gonzaga in Denver uh, to go to the Sweet 16. I remember that. That was a, 
that, that, I mean, that was as pressure-packed weekend as I think I've ever been through. When you're a number three seed in the NCAA tournament, you feel it, you know, because you've got to get to the next weekend. You know, that's, that's the, in the history of BYU and the NCAA tournament, second weekends have been few and far between, you know. And so uh, when we got that win, that was oh, as, as, as good a win as I think I've ever experienced. Um, and then I really remember a lot of the details of our win against the number one ranked team in the country at Gonzaga. I remember we beat Portland. We went over there. The pre, it was, it was like somehow we got a feeling in the team of just so relaxed. Last game of the season, got nothing to lose. We show up to pregame meal, and there's a copy of the Spokane Review Journal for Sunday morning, undefeated, 30-0. and 0. We hadn't even played the game yet. <laughs> so there's some stuff that we could make a pretty good TV, you know, see. That, hey, that about, is you know, true. So a pretty good movie out of that. Fantastic. And, you know, the funny thing about The Lion King is when when I decided to leave Dixie's and, and come to BYU with Coach Cleveland, that was a really tough decision for our family. And I was I was working up here. Uh, we made the decision. And Taylor, uh, youngest, was maybe two years old at the time. And, and Lion King 1 was like, a popular movie, you know, and so I remember coming home on the weekends and throwing in the DV or the DVR, whatever those tapes were, you know, yeah, those tapes would throw them in and and watching that movie with her. And there's a line in that movie, you know, that talks about change and how hard it is. And I just remember going, oh my gosh, because I didn't know if I'd really made the right decision (laughs) on the whole thing. So I'm actually looking forward to watching this uh, this new movie, and obviously anything with Beyonce is uh, got to be oh, off oh, the yeah, chain, yeah. you know. So You're making a lot of fans uh, today, coach. Yeah, and so we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll watch this thing with a, a, a kind of comparing it to 22 years ago when I actually made the move to come up here. Dave Rose with us on BYU Sports Nation and bringing it and. Uh, <laughs> You're headed to the basketball tournament. So you got a little bit of a break from coaching, but but now you're hopping right back in in the TBT with Jimmer and Tyler Haas. What do you expect in the basketball tournament? Well, you know, I learned a lot. I learned an awful lot about, um, you know, just what you want to do and what you don't want to do uh, when, when you've got some time. And I like I said, I haven't been just sitting around wait, looking for things to do. People, I've had a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things. And, and I'm looking forward. We're going back to uh, – um, Washington D.C. in September to, to lobby on Capitol Hill again for uh, funding for, you know, cancer research. And I, I did a Cheryl and I went back and did a gala with the high school coach back in Scranton, Pennsylvania, for with uh, coaches versus cancer, and that was a, a great weekend. And so, but it's it's interesting when you make a commitment and put a dot on your calendar, you, you kind of go, well, okay, well, what are the other things that are be, going to become available? And I've had three other opportunities come up on the 25th, 26th, 27th um, since I committed to the TBT. And uh, so I think – and I'm so excited that we did this because this is what I want to do way more than those other things. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. And I don't like to talk, tell people no. But uh, <laughs> uh, So this is kind of a relief for us because we get to stay at home. We're here in Salt Lake. Hopefully we'll win three games and – uh, be able to move on to Chicago, but it's it's there's some good teams, and it's uh, we'll get our group here together, you know, next week, and uh, just kind of figure out what we got, who can score, who can't score, who needs to screen, <laughs> who needs to rebound, who needs to shoot, you know, and uh, we'll figure all those things out. This is probably a lot less pressure than we were. Coaching you know, it reminds it reminds me a lot. I don't know if you guys remember, but remember when they had the work stoppage. When Jimmer got drafted, oh, yeah. then the NBA had to work stoppage. They were trying to find something to do, and we had a Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jimmer for dead All Star game yep. in yep. the Marriott yep. Center. Yeah. 
And uh, I coached Jimmer's team, and Ke- uh, Steve Fisher coached uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's team, and we had a nice crowd in here and played just for fun. But we had a whole bunch of, you know, pros, and, and you know, Fruit Ken Fareed was here. I mean, there's some good guys that have made big careers out of uh, their, their lives. But uh, this is what this kind of reminds me of. We're going to get a bunch of good players together, play, and hopefully win three games. I, I hope that – because TJ and Al, they're the ones that are really driving this thing. And uh, I'd like to see him win six games. That'd be a cool two mil. Be a lot. Oh, absolutely. The the money is real, very much so. Uh, With Tyler Haas in the mix, we've talked a lot about him and and what we expect to see with him. And he's reunited with you. What else can you tell us about the roster? Um, Well, there. You know, the names Daratine Hobson. He he played at uh, New Mexico. Was a big time scorer for them. And Rob Gray, kid from Houston. Um, that you know had four or five thirty-point games, a thirty-nine-point game, I think, in the NCAA tournament. So I think we've got a a group of guys who can really score. But I I need to see how you know their game a little bit about as far as if it if they're catch and shoot guys or if they have to all do it off the dribble. Uh, obviously, we know Ty's game. Ty's got as uh, you know as good a we can run stuff for Ty and get him open shots and. Getting tight space will be the the issue, and if it's all done off done off of dribble drive and kind of kick, and you know, or if it's done off screens or however, I, I think a lot of it will be in transition. I think that's probably the the thing that will be the least effective is the other teams' defensive transition, and so I think we'll be able to score. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited just to kind of get in the gym and have. Very little pressure. I mean, Al will be putting some pressure on me. I know, but but just have fun and and and, and uh, you know, reunite with the guys. I think we'll probably have a couple practices that Jimmer will actually be with, and so I can get maybe get Tyler and Jimmer play a little one on one. Oh yeah. yeah. What, what's Jimmer going to be like as a coach? What's um, that going to be like? I, I bet he I bet he's a lot more vocal as a coach than he is as a player. You know, because <laughs> as a player, he can just put the ball in his hands and make it all happen. And uh, he he told me that uh, he he coached one time somewhere and he said you know I'm so excited we're playing well there's a timeout and all the guys come over and I'm just going yeah way to go guys things are great and then I realized I had to actually say something to the guy <laughs> I had, a, I had a, somebody handed me the the oh, clipboard uh, oh yeah I got to do something let's see here I said we'll figure that out together all right coach uh, we'll finish with this as uh, we say goodbye to you uh, Jimmer Fredette playing for Panathinaikos one of the powers in Europe in Greece what do you think of that match I'm really excited for him I, I think that. Uh, I've actually talked to two or three reporters uh, from Greece. They've called me and, and asked me just to give my opinion of his career, his 10-year career. Obviously, they know what he did here, and, and they're so excited to have him. But for Jimmer, um, you know, my conversations with him is that, Coach, I did it because I just I want a new challenge. I want to get fired up about trying to go do something that I haven't done before. And that league, that Euro League, is good, really good, and it's uh, – a really competitive league. I don't really think he's trying to prove anything. I just think he wants to get himself kind of juiced up and and you know go for something that's different than what he had in in Shanghai. And and I, he loved playing there. And he said I could play there for another ten years, but I wanted to feel different about my challenge. And hey, he'll, it'll feel different when he gets there because uh, they'll be gunning for him. One of the riders uh, from uh, from Athens, he said, "Now listen, give me your email because I'm going to send you." This, the Euro schedule as soon as it comes out, and we want to mark the the, Barth, the Barcelona game. Oh, yeah, you know? Brandon Davies. And oh, so those awesome. two guys are going to go after, and hopefully I'll, 
I don't have any dots on my calendar, and I can actually, I can make that thing happen. You know? That's because I will have some cool. time. Yeah, that's cool. I look forward to stuff like that. Dave, it's great to catch up with you, man. All right, great being here. Tell Jerem hi for me. Tell him I'm oh, sorry, sorry that I missed him. Maybe, maybe he'll invite me back sometime. Oh, oh, oh we will. Okay, yes. thanks, guys. Yes. Oh, uh, we do have a response, by the way, to answer Dave Rose's question. It isn't that it's better when Jerem Jordan's gone so much as it's just better when Lauren McLean is Oh, gone. there you go. That is a politician. So That's probably John Curtis. You know? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I was a, a casual hippie on Twitter, so I don't know if that's oh, John that's or whatever. Yeah, okay. Oh, Coach, good to see you. Right. Thanks for being Great, here. Great, guys. Good luck to you. Thanks, Dave. All right, coming up, we're chatting with women's volleyball's Kennedy Eschenberg here in Studio B. But not before we dive into the tight ends for BYU football with numbers and fun. It's just the stats on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling with part two of our BYUSN headlines. And there's a bit of breaking news here. <laughs> First of all, Lopini Katoa named the Doak Walker Award watch list, an award presented to the nation's top running back. Katoa led BYU in rushing and rushing touchdowns in his freshman season. BYU now has four opponents that feature running backs on the Doak Walker Award list after the committee had a change of heart, apparently. And have added Utah Zach Moss to the list. This is not a joke. Oh, my god! And I think they should have. This is the right move. It's just hilarious he wasn't on there in the first place. Zach Moss of Utah might be one of the top five running backs in the country is now on the Doak Walker Award watch list. Utah has a loud voice. Utah fans have a loud voice. I love it. They were heard. All right, Heather Knighting and the U.S. Women's Junior National Team lost to Poland 3-0 last night during the second round of the FIVB Women's U-20 World Championship. Knighting had five kills on 12 attacks, three blocks, and an ace for nine points. Team USA will face Turkey tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Tony Finau at the Open Championship across the pond this morning, currently tied for 22nd at one under. He's played nine holes. Finau broke his recent slump after missing three straight tournament cuts. Then he went 13 under par at the 3M Open in Minneapolis. He's currently 17th in the FedEx Cup standings on the PGA Tour. Brennan Lund went 2 for 4 for the Salt Lake Bees and an 8-5 loss to the Sacramento Rivercats. Lund is currently batting 269 for the season. At BYU, there are a few positions that we love to proclaim as heralded position groups. One of them is the tight end. But how important will the tight end position be specific to this year with Matt Bushman and Moroni Laulupututau? Today's Just the Stats takes a look into what this season may mean for the heralded tight end position at BYU in 2019. Junior Matt Bushman the Cougars in receptions and receiving yards for each of the last two seasons, becoming the first Cougar tight end to do so since Gordon Hudson in 1981 and 82. This leads to the question, will a Cougar tight end lead the team in receiving yards and receptions again? The stats suggest one may. In fact, in the first seven seasons of independence, tight ends led the Cougars in receptions in a total of 10 games. In Jeff Grimes' first season at the helm of the Cougar offense, tight ends led the Cougars in receptions in six of the 12 games. Under Jeff Grimes, Tight ends Matt Bushman, Moroni Lelu Pututau, and Dallin Holker accounted for 31.5% of receiving yards, the most of any independent season by nearly 10%. In 2018, each of the three tight ends, Bushman, Lelu Pututau, and Holker, caught touchdowns, only the second time in BYU independence history, and tight ends were targeted over a quarter of the time at 27.4%. No other season in independence 
has seen Cougar tight ends targeted over 20% of the time. BYU currently has nine tight ends listed on the roster, headlined by former freshman All-American Matt Bushman and senior Moroni Lalulu Pututau. Other tight ends include Hank Tuipolotu, Nate Heaps, and Addison Pulsifer, among others. Pututau is recovering from a knee injury that ended his season early at Washington. Before his injury, he was the second most targeted Cougar on the team. He hopes to be ready for the season opener. The Cougars have used their tight ends more the past three years than they have in recent memory, suggesting that 2019 may once again be another year for Cougar tight ends. Thank you, Ben Bagley with Just the Stats. Are you buying into the hype of the BYU tight ends? After that, I don't know how you can't. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, six weeks from today, something important happens. Hit it! Countdown to the youths. 42 days. 42 days away Woo! from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU in Utah. All right. Love it. Hashtag BYUSN to join our conversation. Whatever you want to talk about. Maybe you want to talk about what Dave Rose brought up. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. Plenty more to come, including an update on our Cougars on the PGA Tour. Well, an honorary Cougar. What's the latest with Tony Finau? We'll take you up to the minute. Plus, Lauren, one of your friends. Kennedy Eschenberg, I love her. She's coming into Studio B. Don't go away. Representing BYU Women's Volleyball, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYUSN airs Saturdays at noon Eastern on BYU Radio and is on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day in honor of the Lion King remake. Which past BYU game, any sport, any time, any era, would you make into a movie? At Ryben3 on Twitter agrees with me. The storyline of the miracle at Memorial is movie material. Taysom Hill's senior year with a shot at the Heisman gets injured. Freshman Phenom comes in to play a few plays fresh off of his mission. Chucks a Hail Mary for the win. Can't write it any better than that. Hashtag BYUSN. Who, who is the star in that movie, though? Is it Taysom? Is it Tanner? You know what I'm saying? Well, Who, like, who's the star? It's who's the, the episode lead? of Friday Night Lights. That's true. Like, it was several and leads. so there there are several lead roles there. Yes. Right. Join the conversation 24/7 hashtag #BYUSN. Joining us now, fresh off her world travels, playing for Team USA at the World University Games in Italia, is Kennedy Eschenberg of BYU Women's Volleyball. Kennedy, welcome. Hi, Kennedy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, you were telling us a little bit about your trip to Italy during the break. We want everybody to hear about this. Awesome. What, what was the best part about your trip to Italy playing in the World University Games? I think it was so fun, all of it. It was awesome to represent the country and like wear a USA jersey. And also they had this thing where, because they put it on kind of like the Olympics, like for college. And so they had a opening ceremonies. And so it was in this big soccer stadium and you walk out and the tick it was sold out and it was just packed and people were cheering and you're like walking with your country so that was one of my favorite parts but I also loved just meeting a bunch of new girls and playing different teams and also going around Italy you were talking about how this was your first time out of the country and you didn't know anybody what was that experience like yeah it was crazy but all the girls were so nice and we were all in the same boat so it was awesome. And Italy's a pretty good place to go for your first time out of the country. So it was fun. Just out of curiosity, did you play with anybody on this team that you have played against previously? Um, let me think. 
Yes. Oh, for sure. Because we played it's the Stanford girls. Some of the Stanford oh, girls yeah. were on our team. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, Stanford girls. I think those are the only Is that a little weird when you're like, <laughs> It was. Hey, we got you at our place. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of weird at first, but then they're really nice. And so it was fun. And we played them this year. So I'm excited to play against them again. It's more about the experience, but how do you feel like you did personally? I feel like I did pretty good. It was a great experience, and our team went 4-2. and two. We lost to Japan and Italy, but overall it was great, and I feel like I got a lot better, and just we had four practices before we played our first game, oh, and man. the other teams had been pl- like practicing for like two or three months, so that was crazy, but I feel like I got a lot better, and I feel like I did good. Four and two, as you mentioned, finished ninth place. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of your teammates that are all coming back have had these world-traveling experiences. Of course, you included Mary Lake with Team USA, Heather Knighting playing in the Pan American Cup. And we saw what this can potentially do with Ronnie Jones-Perry when she went and did this and came back and went next level. I mean, what is this going to do for BYU Volleyball? It's awesome and just... Like, I was just there for two weeks, and I felt like I grew so much in my volleyball, but, like, as a person as well. And so I think that's just – and it's also, like, a once-in-a-lifetime experience that's so cool, and it helps you grow. And then when you come back, you have those experiences. So it's I, awesome. I think it's awesome. I I I love – I just love the women's volleyball team. Uh, I think <laughs> it's so good. You guys are so good, and I'm excited to see you guys get even better at this. So your, your husband yes. plays for the men's side. I'm just curious, do you guys – compete in other things are you guys really competitive with each other yes in other things in volleyball he helps me a lot which is nice and then but in other things like we love pickleball have you guys played yes pickleball? Yeah. Yeah. yes mm-hmm. we're very competitive at pickleball and then just like cards too and <laughs> basketball we like playing basketball against each other and like horse that was one of our first dates was horse oh i love it yeah well, apparently it worked out i hope he let you win he let okay. Win. This is crazy. No. We, <laughs> I won the first game, and then it was like somehow he's like, okay, best two out of three, and we like <laughs> say it wasn't our first date because he was like, we were like loser buys dinner, <laughs> and so then he beat me, and we like went to dinner. He's like, no, let me pay. Let me pay. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm paying. <laughs> so he says it wasn't our first date because I paid for it. Okay. Even though that's fine. And you're right. Yeah, Maybe counts. I take that back. When you're, when you're competitive and you're a Division one athlete, you don't want to let anybody. Yeah. You just want to Kennedy beat him. Kennedy does not do It's <laughs> even better. I beat you fair and square. That's right. But I think I won the first game, so okay. that's what matters. That's hey, what counts. Solid. Yeah. As you approach the next season, with uh, so much experience returning. And I mentioned Ronnie Jones-Perry, and she was a huge part of what BYU did going to the Final Four. What are your expectations for the 2019 BYU Women's Volleyball season? I think we're going to be really good. Like like you mentioned, we lost a lot of amazing people, and you can't replace them individually, but we also got a lot of great people. And our coaches are awesome, and we always say the strength of our team is our team. And so I think it's going to be a great year, and it's going to be a fun year. Oh, I love Heather, and I love – I just love the team. You guys are going to be awesome. So fun to watch. Let's end with this. This is our Twitter question of the day. Which – so in honor of the Lion King coming yes. out today, you know, are you going to go see it? Yes, I okay. want to. Which past BOU game would you make into a movie? For sure, the Stanford game. Oh. Yeah. At home. At home. That and atmosphere then, was – That was awesome. Then we win the first two sets, then lose the next two, and it goes to five, and then it kind of ends on a weird play, but <laughs> it was awesome. But you won. And a lot of people were there because it was freshman orientation also. Oh, yeah. So it was packed. 
Oh, yeah. so Can't wait. Who's ready for BYU women's volleyball to pack the Smith Fieldhouse? Me. Yes. <laughs> All hands arise. <laughs> so, uh, Kennedy, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma as you uh, approach your season and get ready to go again. Thank you. Thanks for coming Thank in you after so your trip much. to Italy. Kennedy, you're awesome. Thanks for coming in. Thank coming you. up, find out how former BYU baseball player Daniel Schneeman is doing with the Lake County Captains in Ohio. We've talked about Tony Finau, but are there any other Cougars? trying to get work done on the golf course. Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues. A shout-out to our fabulous guest today, former BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose and BYU women's volleyball star Kennedy Eschenberg. The show is on demand via... Via? Via podcasts on BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Lopini Katoa was named to the Doug Walker Award watch list, an award presented to the nation's top running back. Katoa led the team in rushing and rushing touchdowns in his freshman season. BYU opponents Ty Chandler of Tennessee, Vavai Maleapai of USC, and Bryant Kobach of Toledo, and this just in, Zach Moss of Utah also made the list. The, how do you say this? Bolitnikov. Good gravy. Award watch list will be announced today, naming the nation's top receivers. Volleyball. That information is available via the interwebs. <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> Heather Knighting and the U.S. Women's Junior National Team lost in straight sets 3-0 last night in the second round of the FIVB Women's Under-20 World Championships. Knighting had five kills on 12 attacks, three blocks, and an ace for nine points. Team USA takes on Turkey tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Good luck. Cougars in the minors. Brennan Lund went two for four for the Salt Lake Bees in an 8-5 loss to the Sacramento Rivercats. Lund is currently batting 269 for the season. Daniel Schneeman, sicka sicka slim Schneeman, went two for five <laughs> with one RBI in a Lake County captain's 5-4 loss to the Cedar Rapids Colonels. He's player of the week in that league. Schneeman currently batting 305 this season for the captains. Maverick Buffo pitched the final inning, earning him the save for the Dundadin. Blue Jays to seal the 5-2 win no, it's okay. over the Lakeland Flying we, Tigers. We asked this question before. It's Dunedin. Dunedin. Yes, we had somebody I was actually told that. this before the show, but Dunedin. it did not stick in my brain. Colton Shaver went 1-for-3 with a double and a Corpus Christi Hooks 4-0 win over the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Goal. Tony Finau teed off at the Open Championship this morning. He's currently tied for 13th at 2-under through 10. Finau broke a recent slump after missing three straight tournament cuts before finishing 13 under par at the 3M Open in Minneapolis. Finau is currently ranked 17th on the PGA Tour. He's been so close to a major championship. He's off to a good start. Is this the weekend for Tony Finau? Come on, Tony. Zach Blair currently at the Pinnacle Bank Championships on the Web.com Tour. Blair currently tied for 26. He's one under through 10 holes. Mike Weir teed off at the Barbasol Championships this Barbasol. morning as part of the PGA Tour. Weir is currently placed 65th with plus three or three over through 12. Today's rise and shoutouts. Oh, I'm, I'm going a little bit off the reservation for this one. You are. In Brigham City, Utah, where my father Kent was born. An amazing marketing strategy that I saw courtesy of some of my friends at KSL, the NBC affiliate in Salt Lake City. <laughs> that uh, th- a kid shows up <laughs> on a street corner holding a sign that says, in big letters, 
If you're looking from a distance, it just says ice cold beer. Okay. <laughs> so people are driving by in Brigham City. And like some people are calling the cops like, hey, you got to do something about this. There's this little kid selling beer on the side. <laughs> At closer glance, written in small letters. If you get up close to the sign, it says IBC root right on top of beer. <laughs> Everyone got a good laugh. And what a brilliant marketing strategy oh, to get yeah. people's attention, one, and then people laugh at him like, ah, he's smart. I'm going to buy some root beer from this kid, and apparently he's, he's making some great dividends. I'm going to buy this $20 root beer because this kid's <laughs> hilarious. Shout out to his parents who probably made that poster. Yeah. Police in Brigham City, they, they have confirmed business is good for him. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my rise and shout out is not that good, but also it is that good because my kickball team, you guys, in the Fiesta Day tournament at uh, in Spanish Fork, we took first place. It was like two in the morning. There's the photo. Shameless former, plug for your own softball team. Football players Brian and Nate Sampson and Colt Sampson, who was a former Ute tight end. Guys, we won it. Congratulations! We Lauren. brought we brought home the free T-shirt and. Uh, Really sore muscles. That's how, that's how good of shape I'm in right now. I hope your teammates knew that was coming. And if they don't, clip that off and send it I to know, them. I know. I'll send okay? it to them. Their moment in the sun. Uh, they're probably watching this. Come on. I want to surprise of course, I mean, of course, they're, of course, everybody that loves Lauren is watching right now. How could I be so, I don't know, blindsided? Come on, come on, oh, my goodness. Our question of the day, in honor of the Lion King remake, which past BYU game would you make into a movie? Lawrence says Jimmer against San Diego State 2011. I went with 2015, the Manga Miracle at Memorial Stadium against Nebraska. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years from at JLawS57 on Twitter. My remake would be BYU-Utah 2016. But on the final play, I'd have Taysom Hill go right, <laughs> not left, and BYU wins that game. <laughs> I like the way she thinks. All right, sorry to Dennis Pinna. We ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSA. Lauren, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. I hope and I haven't uh, done anything to make you not want to come back. I'll be back. I mean, there was a couple things. <laughs> we'll talk I'll after come the back show. anyway. For Laura and I, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Vi Sikahema. See you from BR Sports Station tomorrow at noon Eastern.